0: Man, we, we finished twenty one day of prayer and fasting today. Today's the last day, and so if you joined in on the twenty one days, my prayer is that it was a blessing to you. Uh, my my bro, is my brother. here? My brothers might be here somewhere, but I gotta tell y'all. So my brother, he's like an impulse buyer. You know, I'll tell him for a second. If he gets an idea and he says he's gonna go for, oh there, oh there you are. Hey, hey buddy. He's going he's gonna go for it. When he decides he's gonna go for, it, he's gonna go all in. So. Uh, he, uh, he decided that he was going to become like an expert exerciser and he was going to get a bike. And on the back of his bike, he got one of those things that he could put his dogs in, you know, that zipped up and he let them ride. He's got two wheels. And he realized after he did that a couple of times, I don't want to do this anymore. So he said, hey, you want you have a use for this. I don't have a dog, but I got some kids. So I was like, done. This would be great. I'm going I'm to have a roller coaster back here in Rocky Hill, you know. And so I got this thing from him, and I put my kids in it, and we started riding down Rocky Hill. And if y'all have ridden a bike in Rocky Hill, let me tell you, like you're gonna be Lance Armstrong in no time. And uh, I was riding with them in the back of this thing, and my kids are little, and I was like, I can't, I can't continue on. Like this is too much for me. And um, so after doing this for a few weeks, I finally they were like, let's ride the bike, let's do it. I'm like, oh. But I start to put it on my bike, and I'm like halfway crying, you know. And I open the thing, and I put my hand on the wheel, and I realize that like the wheels are like falling off of this thing, and the wheels are like really small, and I'd never noticed before. But it has the place where you could pump the tires up. I didn't even know you could pump the tires up. So I put them in, and I pump the tires up, and I get on this bike, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like. I had no idea what I was missing out on, you know, like riding through Rocky Hill was still a bear. But like it wasn't what I was experiencing. And that's if I could say anything, if I can say anything, this 21 day of prayer and fasting for me has been something like that experience. I didn't realize that maybe I was riding uh, something that shouldn't have been as hard as it was. And my appreciation to the father is that he's so kind to show me these things that he's like yo hey you just I'll just pump the tires up a little bit This ride gets a lot more fun And so what he showed me very gently through 21 days is I think my tire is a little bit flat And he said man, I'm I'm here to pump them up any day And so when you step in I'll pump up the tires and this ride gets a lot more smoother (laughs) Don't mean it's easy, but it gets a lot better. And you got power, you actually have spirit power to step in and to see him move and use you in ways that maybe you never considered. And I just want to encourage you, if maybe you fell off at 21 days, I want to encourage you to step in and just keep going 21 days. Just because we end with 21 days don't mean you have to stop the goodness that you're experiencing today. I want to encourage you. It's meant to start a rhythm in our lives that actually continues on through 2020. So 2020, I believe, as we continue to see the rhythm of God played out in our life, we're going to see the blessing of God manifest through our life. That's exactly what the first Thessalonians that we've been walking through was talking about, this church that actually gave their life and saw God move through them. And it says that the world turned upside down in six months. Yo, we're trying to reach a neighborhood, you know. I think our vision is a little bit small. Let's go. I believe God wants to do far beyond anything we could think or imagine. But he invites us to step in and experience his power Maybe not, maybe unlike anything we've ever experienced before. So let's step in a little bit. Last week we talked about that we're going to walk through a mini-series. This mini-series was called Certain Words. Last week we talked about that in the midst of our fear, that Jesus looks into our fear and speaks this word over us, peace. In the midst of your fear, he looks at you and says, right where you are, peace. speaks peace over your life. I want to do an exercise with you guys for a second, okay? I want you to think. I want you to imagine the most peaceful thing that you can possibly imagine. I want you to even close your eyes. I want you to visualize it. I want you to experience it. I want you to feel it. Like, what's it feel like? What's it sound like? Do you got the image? You feeling it? You got it? That peaceful spot? Hold on. We'll just, we'll just listen to the air conditioner. It'll be, be. here. Y'all got the picture? Now I got a question for you. Okay, you gonna look up. How many of y'all in your picture, nobody was around you? Yo, look around, look around, hold on. <laughs> How many of y'all pictured something like something in nature? How many of y'all, right? Okay. How many of y'all have ever actually been to the place that you actually said, this is the place? Now, at that place, I, I believe that it's indicative of actually the truth. Every single one of us in that image, uh, we pictured something that is otherworldly almost. People aren't there. You didn't picture the bugs that fly and hit you in the face, did you? You weren't picturing none of that peaceful spot in nature. You saw anotherworldly, like a perfect place. And I would lay before you today the idea that every single one of us actually knows that peace doesn't actually exist here in this world, it's not found in a person. It's not found in a job. It's not found in a place. And I would submit to you that you actually, in the depths of you, you know that. Or otherwise, y'all would have have said, my peaceful spot, the one that I always long for, is my job. And you would have pictured you sitting at your desk. Ain't none of us did that, right? None of us. No. We pictured something otherworldly. And that's exactly where peace is found. And that's exactly what, at the end of 1 Thessalonians, Paul actually talks about. And I want you to turn there, to, turn there with me, 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm going to just talk about two verses today, and then we're going to walk through uh, prayer, and we're going, to, we're going to walk into a little bit of an encounter, and I want to invite you into it today to experience, not just to listen, but we're going to experience today. So if y'all are willing to press in and do something a little bit strange, um, it's coming, so it's going to be good. Y'all nervous? Y'all can act like you're leaving, go to the bathroom. You can just, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. It'll be great. I promise. promise. Y'all got it? 1 Thessalonians 5? Here's what verse 23 It starts out. And he's finishing the whole book up and he's saying this to to the the brothers and sisters of the church. He says, Now, may the God of peace himself... There you go. Peace has an authority and it's found in God. That's what he's telling y'all. Peace is only found in God. The God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit... And soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. It means he's going to accomplish it. He's going to cause this to happen. Brothers, pray for us. There's a word that I want to focus in on, and the first word that I want to focus in on is sanctify. If you've sat in church any amount of time, you've heard this word, and you might be like, I don't even know what that means. That's a, that's a weird word, sanctify. But sanctify just means this, an act whereby people or things are set aside for exclusive use. And in this context, in order when God says, I'm going to sanctify you, it means I'm going to set you apart for my purpose. That means I'm gonna give you divine purpose. Did you know today that God actually wants to give you a divine purpose, like a heavenly purpose? Did you know that your purpose, the design of your life is actually something beyond this place? It's actually in the eternal realm of life. It's beyond your circumstance. It's beyond your current space of life. It's so much more but it affects your current stage of life. What he calls us into is this, hey church, know and understand your identity, that God has set you apart because of what he has done. Hebrews ten ten says this, we have been sanctified, that means set apart, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once and for all. So much of my life I lived saying, God, I want to be set apart. How can I live my life and improve myself in such a way that you will actually use me? And he says, I've actually set you apart because of what I did for you. This is what begins to transform our affections. Now, guess who is praiseworthy, if that's true? You know who's praiseworthy? The one who actually set me apart. If he isn't the one who set you apart, you know who's praiseworthy? And I won't say this, of course, me, do you know who's worthy of praise because they're improving? Me. And it's, it can be tempting in our 21-day fa- fasting as we walk through this rhythm of maybe it becomes ritual and that's our natural tendency, but you can step into this place where you start doing better and if he isn't the one who is actually the better inside of you calling you to better, then guess who is worthy of being praised because of the better? Does that make sense of a mouthful? Me. What he invites us into as we receive this truth today Is that every single day if you're to receive what Jesus did for you, you can wake up knowing, knowing what actually set you apart and called you holy is what he has done and he has accomplished, not what you have accomplished and what you will do. Now come on. Guess what? I can look at every day in the face and be like, guess what? Tomorrow yesterday was a beast, but guess what? Today he's with me and he's called me for a purpose today, and it's gonna be big. It's gonna be awesome. And I don't evaluate life based upon how the world evaluates life. I don't evaluate life based upon the measurables and principles that everybody else is saying. This is what success looks like. Because guess what? The success that the Bible talks about is given to me. It's imparted to me by the spirit of the living God. That is success. And for some of us, he's going to call us to give away a cup of water in his name. For some of us, he's going to call us to speak in front of thousands but there is, not one, there is not one job that is more significant than the other. In the kingdom, there's different rules. He says, the greatest among you is the one who serves. And I can serve well from this stage, but I can serve really well as I humbly give a cup of water in his name. Both are of the same magnitude. They're not, they don't go unnoticed. So if you're trying to live your life based upon measurables and principles of what the world has set and say, man, if I could just get where he is or she is. I wanna, inf- I wanna just give you the freedom today based upon the word that God has called you to be you and he's put you where he's put you. You can receive and accept the fact that you, your ministry is right where you're sitting today. Do your ministry there first. Humbly serve and love God there. And then as he moves you from there, follow him where he leads you but you never have to evaluate success or failure based upon how the world is measuring it because it's a different measurement in the scriptures. You have been set apart, my friend. You have been set apart today. And if you don't know that today, my prayer is today that you can actually receive this and receive the good news today that the scripture says the God of peace himself sanctify you, set you apart. The next word is completely, completely, completely. That means not a piece of you is not actually meant to be set apart. He has set your full being, that word completely means through and through. You, through and through, because of what Christ did, you have been set apart. You have been purposed for his glory. He has divine purpose for you right where you sit today. How does that, how is that? For some of y'all, you're like, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I'm getting a little nervous, you know. What's he going to ask me to do? I don't want to. Hold on, peace. Peace be still. He's going to meet you right where you are. He's going to meet you right where you are. And I believe he'll meet you right where you are today. He continues on to verse 23 and 24. Make your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. I don't know about you, but my view, like it just gets off balance so quickly. And what I'm talking to you about today is maybe the greatest challenge of my life and maybe yours to stay in that way of thinking so quickly, I walk out of that thinking. Do you? Am I alone in this? I just walk out of it. And That's why I need to be preached this every single day. That's why we come together. We're going to encourage each other and press each other on. That's what Paul was doing through his letter. In the summer of 1945, I read this story and I thought it was incredible after World War II, troops started coming back and uh, Major League Baseball was a a growing pastime, was a growing sport that everybody was in love with and still like gathers masses, of course. But in 1945, Joe DiMaggio decided that he wasn't just gonna, he wasn't gonna be, he was not playing, but he wanted to go spectate at a Yankees game. And at the game, he steps in, he's got his baseball cap on and the rider says that his six-year-old son is actually with him. And he steps onto the mezzanine, and he sits in his seat, and he's trying to be kind of conspicuous, and they sit there. And then one of the fans notices that Joe has stepped into the stadium, and then he goes, hey, hey, look, it's Joe, Joe. starts to spread throughout the stadium, but what begins to happen is this wave of emotion as it captures people. When they see Joe, they start saying, Joe, Joe, Joe DiMaggio, Joe. Joe, and it gets louder and louder. Before you know it, the whole entire stands of Yankee Stadium is chanting, Joe, Joe, Joe DiMaggio. And Joe looks down at his son to see if he sees what's happened, and he does. He recognizes it. And the six-year-old looks up at Joe, and the writer says that Joe Jr. looks and says, Hey, see, Daddy? Everybody knows me. Everybody knows me. I don't know about you, but like, that is my life. I just get so out of view so quickly. And you read the scriptures and you're like, man, this whole thing, the thing doesn't revolve around me. But oh, oh, how I want it to. And oh, how at times I get stuck thinking it does. Oh, how I sometimes think my marriage revolves around me. Sometimes I think my relationships. Sometimes I think this. Everything revolves really around me. It's about me. But what the scripture says is that's the gravest danger to our soul when we actually believe that this whole thing revolves around me. This set apartness is actually a revelation, a, a realization that this thing doesn't revolve around you. It revolves around the one who actually started it, who was here long before you and who will be here long after you. He invites us actually into this saving knowledge, this freedom that says, man, No pressure, honestly, like it's not about me. The joy that actually is found in this truth. And oh, how today I pray that you would experience that truth. If you're coming to the end of yourself, I promise you, maybe you're just realizing that this whole thing doesn't revolve around you and you don't know what it revolves around. I want to introduce to you the idea that this whole thing revolves around a God who actually started it and he had a purpose in mind from the beginning. And his purpose in mind from the beginning was to actually love you. To reveal himself to a creation. To display his glory. To actually be who he is. And who he is is often not what we have made him to be. A lot of times we make God what we like or what we view him. What we appreciate about a God that we would like to serve. What we've created in our minds to be. If you don't know this, God, and maybe you've come to the end of yourself, I want to invite you today that you can actually experience him. You can actually meet him here today. And if you've come to the end of yourself and you've kind of gone, hey, man, I, I don't know what life is about. I just want to introduce to you that it's about this guy named Jesus. And he makes world, the world make sense. He brings a lot of wisdom and clarity into our life. And if today you need to be set free like you really can't get outside of yourself, you don't know how, I want to introduce to you that you can call out to this Jesus and he will actually meet you. He'll meet you right here today. He will actually give you the life that you were always looking for. He will actually extend to you the peace that you can only imagine. The only way to have peace with, beyond this place with God himself is through the person of Jesus. Jesus is the one who brought peace for us. You can't earn it. You can't find it here. So if you're tired of looking, I will introduce you to the one who actually will extend to you peace. The scripture says, if you want peace with God, all you have to do is ask. You come to God today. Father, you can say something like this to yourself and just the prayer of faith actually opens the door to him. Father God, I recognize my need today. I recognize I have guilt today. I recognize I have, I, I'm, 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 I'm missing the mark today. I recognize, would you forgive me? I actually trust that Jesus' death paid a price for me to be made whole. I can't earn favor with you, I need favor. Jesus, forgive me, I need your favor today. I actually receive your love today, receive his favor through Jesus today. And for the rest of my days, I turn And I want to follow you. I surrender. I let go. I am yours. If the Lord has brought you into this place to hear a message of redemption, that you can be set free, you can have that today. It's yours. Now, from that step of faith, the promise is that he has now set you apart. He's covered you. And he said, I will cover you if you just simply ask. Finished. Done. Complete. That word complete is through and through. You say that's that's all? It's all. Christ was enough, but that was no small thing. It was everything. The perfect one of heaven steps down and gives up his life so that you and I can have life. Now receive what he has done for you. It is far beyond what many of us actually want to admit. We want to have a peace in it, don't we? That's my natural. I really want to have a peace, and I want to be credited. I want to be praiseworthy. But he says, if you will receive my praiseworthiness, you will have actually a praise that begins to rise within your soul today. Receive his favor and his love because of what he did, and you will come alive. Then, once the Thessalonian church really understands this, so he says, listen, you've been set apart. You've been consecrated through and through. Because this is true, now what happens? Verse 25, brothers, pray for us. Pray for us. You say, man, I heard about that. I heard about prayer. It's boring. I never see God do nothing. i tried it a few times, and I just kind of fall asleep in the room, and I don't know what to do. I I want to introduce to you exactly what Jesus talked about through prayer. And I want to introduce to you a rhythm that if you put this into practice in 2020, I promise you, uh, he will open up a floodgate from heaven into your life. Here's what he says in Matthew 6, 6. He says, hey, when you pray, when you step in, you understand you've been set apart for a purpose. You're holy. You're set apart. Now, here's the purpose. Pray. Y'all pray for me. You got a voice to the king. Do You know, you got a voice to the king. If you're separated, and you consecrated. it. Do y'all know that. Yo, do you know your voice actually really matters? Do you know it carries weight? You know that he's given you authority to carry weight now? You've been set apart. You've got a purpose. So now call out to the king. The door is opened. That means you got it. You say, well, I've been praying. I asked God to do this, this, this. I never see him do it. There's some secrets. Let's, let's discover what it looks like to actually pray, okay? Verse 6, 6, Matthew. But when you pray, here's what: it, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your father who's actually in secret. And your father who sees in secret rewards you. Go into your room and shut the door. Your communion time in the private space will manifest into the public space. Okay? You need to know that your voice matters. Now, how do we pray? How? How do we see God actually? How do we see that the, the heavens will open? Does anybody want to know? I want, I want to know how. This is what he speaks to his disciples, Jesus, when he says, here's how you pray on the daily. Now, let's learn how to daily pray. Can we do that together today? Let's step in for a second, and then we're going to put this into practice. My, pr- my prayer for all of us is today. We're going to come into a worship service, hear a funny guy talk, and, and go out. And we're going to be back next week with no change happening. My, my prayer for all of us is we step in and begin to practice what Jesus said. And if you do, you will experience the life that he promised you would have. Promise. But here's how. You ready? Let's go. The first thing he says in Matthew 6, here's how we're going to start to pray, Okay. Our Father in heaven, a lot of translation says, hallowed be thy name. You know, you know that? We've heard it. We've spoken at football games. Any of y'all play football? We put every, every game, we're going to be like, God is with us. Hallowed be, we don't know what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, think, I think we're going to win now, but sometimes we didn't, so I guess he ain't listening, you know? Our Father in heaven, that word hallowed, actually is sanctified. It's the same word we were talking about. Set apart is your name. So when we step into prayer, Jesus says the first thing you want to do is recognize. Recognize what is different about him. Recognize God first. A lot of us want to come to God and we bring the wish and the whim first. And I encourage you, if that's where God has you, he ain't going to reject you right there. Vent, you'll see that through the Psalms. David is venting. But every time, when you're you're venting, I promise you, as you stop venting, the next part of any psalm is gonna be this recognition of who God is. You'll see it all throughout the psalms. Go read them. Vent, vent, vent. But you, O Lord. Psalm 3 is a good example of that. But you, God. Now, so, Jesus is saying, if you wanna step in and experience the power of God in prayer, recognize what is the set-apart nature of God. Recognize God. So tomorrow, or tonight, when you go into your room, shut the door, and the first thing we're going to do, we're going to get on our knees, we're going to get on our face, just think about God. Recognize Him. Then, don't just think, speak out loud. It'll keep you focused. If you you just think thoughts, you'll daydream thoughts. And I want to encourage you, speak it out loud to Him. For some of you, it's going to feel super strange, but I promise you it's going to be something that actually energizes you to continue on. Speak out what is the set-apart nature of God. The second thing, from that place, he says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we recognize how big and wonderful he is, guess what? My ideas don't seem that great anymore, right? You know what I mean? Like if you really get into the the set-apart nature of God, all of a sudden you start going, maybe my idea ain't so (laughs) hot. You see, if I never do that, I'm going to bring my ideas because guess who's king of this world? My natural tendency is I am. The second I start through prayer, I'm at the center of this whole thing. So recognize the set apart nature of God. I recognize how wonderful you are. And all of a sudden my heart is humbled before you and my ideas are not that good and my kingdom doesn't seem that great. And now I'm saying, hey, your kingdom is bigger than I could fathom. Your kingdom come into mine. I don't want my kingdom to advance. I want yours to. Your will is better because you are better than I actually thought. The Holy Spirit's gonna help you through he'll guide you through prayer. So step in and understand that. But I can't teach that. You have to experience that. You have to, it's an experience. So as we then invite his will, we step in to give us this day our daily bread. I used to be, I feel kind of, can I, can I say that to God? You know, anybody else? Feel, am I allowed to say like, give that to me, God? But if you understand the set apart nature of God and you understand that you've invited his will into your life, do you know what he wills to actually give you what you need? That is actually what God wants to do. The scripture says that is actually what he will do. And he probably, he has been doing it. You just haven't recognized maybe. So he invites us into, God, my expectation is for you to give me what you told me you would. When he says, give me this day my daily bread, there's a daily prayer in here. Today, I recognize I can't meet my needs. I recognize they come from you. Give it to me. I trust you. That's what that word is saying. So now I trust you for what you're extending. And what you extend, I will receive as what I need. I trust you. The next part is, He steps into the place that gets a little bit, causes me to go, oh, don't like this. Forgive us our debts. I like that part. As we forgive those who have a debt against us. I don't like that part. I just want you to forgive me. but there's meant to be a little bit of a rub. There's meant to be an encounter, an experience right here in this place. There's good tension in having to realize and fight through because you'll experience what it's like when you say forgive me so flippantly and every day the promise is favor is offered, forgiveness is offered, and you'll understand through experience as you're forced to forgive. It's hard, is it not? So the promise that God is actually going to forgive you is so unworldly, it's so different, it's so counterculture. It's so beyond maybe what you've ever considered God to be like, but here is the true, true God that the scripture talks about is this, is this loving, character, glorious, powerful being in heaven who says, I will extend to you favor in the midst of your mess that don't make sense but it is the character of love that you and I are invited into I'm humbled to receive it today Father thank you for forgiving me I know who I am now guess what it causes us to look at others a little bit differently Jesus is clear to say in 6 14 to 15 for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly Father will forgive you But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. That's what Jesus said. Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense, though. Do you know that? Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened, it's not even reconciliation. Reconciliation is a process of healing that happens from forgiveness. But you gotta understand. That, that God in heaven did not just forget the offense of us. He didn't forget it. Did you know that? He actually didn't minimize it either. He didn't say, hey, no big deal, y'all. No big deal, y'all. No, he said it's the biggest deal. It's been a great offense to me, but I will make a way. I will come and pay the price that that sin deserves. I will bear the punishment. Oh, it was paid for, my friend. It was paid for with the highest price of heaven. It was big. So your offense was not just forgotten. It was paid for and then cast out upon him. That's why we have the right to step in and go, forgive me. You have the right. You have the availability, the ability to actually be forgiven because of what he did. Oh, it was paid for. So recognize this. All the offenders in your life, God actually was big enough to pay for theirs too. So if he can forgive them. I can let it go as well. And there's the joy of this. I want to read this to you. Unforgiveness, an unforgiven offense is like an arrow dipped in poison. The offense slashes through our defenses and hurts us in the moment. But the aftermath of unforgiveness is like a poison that remains long after the event takes place. It seeps into our lives, tainting our thoughts and clouding our vision. If left unchecked, it will eventually penetrate our hearts and paralyze our ability to live, to love, and to be loved. I promise you, if you've got somebody in your life that is hardened, they have been offended deeply. They've been hurt, they're wounded, and so there's walls that have been put up to protect them. Harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting another person to die. It does much greater harm to us than the person that we refuse to actually forgive. Just like a city being attacked in the olden days when a city had been attacked, guess what they would do? They would build up bigger walls, right? They would just build bigger walls. That's why we building the wall. you know? We mean attack. Get it. No offense. Any of y'all want to build the wall. I'm not fine. Let's build a wall. Who cares? Build it. <laughs> build it. But it's true. There has to be law and order. And we must protect. We've got to build a wall. And if we build the wall, then we'll be protected. That's been from the beginning of time. It's not a new concept today. Listen, y'all, it's not new. That works really good for a city, but it works really poorly for a human heart. But many of us, we've been wounded, we've been attacked, so guess what we do? We build up a wall. Wall wall and it gets thicker and thicker and thicker because I don't want you to harm me and what we will find is you are kept at arm's length and nobody's around me so guess who I have to discern my thoughts just me just me and I promise you if this is you today this is not the life that God had set you apart for and if you want to receive healing today He will break through the wall with his love and he will enter in in the midst of your curses and your problems and your pain. He will look at you and say, I have loved you from the beginning. I I, I have loved you from the start. I knit you together. Did you know that? I actually formed you uniquely. You're different than everybody else, but I wanted it that way. Don't you understand? I didn't want you to live the life that they are living. I want you to live your life and I designed you for you. I have a unique purpose for you. Would you discover my purpose for you? This is the thing that will bring healing in your life. You were not meant to be a city like other cities. You're meant to be a very unique one. That's why the church is so important because we are all forming one giant city is what the scripture says. We have all come together to form the kingdom of the living God. And my city is actually in need of yours. And yours is in need of mine, and we work together and we operate in a way that actually brings life transformation to anybody who walks in, they go, What is this? Man, y'all are y'all are young, y'all are old, y'all are colorful, y'all are not colorful, like y'all are poor, y'all are rich. What is this thing? What holds you together in such unity? It is just the love of the living God. And it's opened a door for us to live a brand new life. So when you step into this place, my prayer is this. you got to experience the love of God himself. That's what this is meant to be. You're invited in, my friend. And I want to invite you to come even further to say, you are meant to have a great hand in actually the revelation of the love of God. You. You have been set apart. Would you continue on the discovery of what that actually means with us? I want to invite you to step in, figure that out. Welcome, fellow traveler, on a road that might be very challenging, but I promise you we're going to discover great and mighty things in 2020 because of what he does. The last thing that he says is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This line was a revelation for me personally. Remember, this is a daily prayer, right? I want y'all to get a picture in your mind. What do you you view as evil? What do you think is, this is an evil thing? Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand. How many of you guys are participating in the thing that you actually view as evil? Some of us might be. But others of us, this is the revelation for me. I wouldn't do that. Oh, I'm I'm not a part of that. No, not a chance. Why would Jesus ask us to say this every day then? Deliver us from evil. You know what the word deliver means? It it's really comes from deliverance. It's this strange word that means to open up a prison door. It's like from the outside it gets unlocked and it's opened up. But if Jesus asks us to actually pray, deliver us from what is evil... What I see is every single day I'm actually asking God, deliver me from evil. That means that there just might be something evil in my life that I don't see as super evil. Did you know maybe the most comfortable spot in my life might be the evil that God wants to take from you to actually set you free? You're like, no, no, no. He just wants me to be be happy where I am. I promise you he wants better than where you are. I promise you it's better. It's better. It's better. And maybe he wants for you a promised land that you would never have conceived of if you went on your own way. If you will just say yes every day with open hands, God will take you to a promised land that he has for you. And he will use you more than you ever thought or imagined. But every one of us must consider this, that just maybe, just maybe, I can't get there without his power. Just maybe communion or relationship, it depends upon that. God, I need you today. I'm available today. And the encounter every day is what will transform your life. Pray for us, brothers. Because you're set apart, make this the rhythm of your life. This will transform our church and our lives personally. In 2020, we will see the manifestation of God. If you want to see God move through your life, pray. Pray. It's a big deal. Now, I want to ask that we would step in and let's practice together. Can we do that? I'm going to ask that our band is going to come out and we're going to play some some music in the background and I want to walk through this together. We're going to walk through this just time of prayer and I'm going to invite you. uh, The music's going to be louder so you can pray out loud. I want to invite you to pray out loud and I just believe that God will actually meet you right here. So right where you are, as they set up, I want to pray and ask that God would speak to us and he would use our time Holy Spirit, um, I ask that you would, now we've taken, here's the truth. Now I pray that you would do kind of what you do. You've revealed truth to us. Now give us the strength and the courage to put it into practice. For some of us, this is going to be a great step of faith. It's going to be really challenging. It's going to be scary. I don't want to pray out loud. But God, I just pray for freedom in the room just to know that we all broken people come into a perfect God. I'm going to pray for the freedom in the room. Uh, that we can actually rest in the fact that we're next to fellow travelers. We're not just sitting next to no perfect people and go, we're all in the same boat today. So the first thing that we want to do, we want to recognize how you are set apart. Right where you are, would you recognize how he's set apart? Think about what has set him apart. What's different? Hallowed be your name. Sanctified be your name. Right where you are, as he gives you the utterance or as he brings to mind the things that are set apart in him. Would you just begin to offer up that prayer to him today? This is what you are. This is who you are. Recognize right where you are. Let's go right now. Let's just begin lifting up a voice. This is who you are. of who he is, would you invite his kingdom to come and his will be done? Would you invite that Now, God wants to give you everything you need. Would you expect it? Would you ask him, God, give me what I need to actually uh, step in and see your kingdom advance. Give me my needs for today. What do you need from him today? Tell him what you need. Tell him what you need. Tell him where your heart is as well. Do you have an outstanding debt that needs forgiven? Would you bring that to him today, right where you are? This is is the big one. This is the stuff that's heavy on our hearts. What is it that may be a hindrance in your life today that you know needs to be released and let go? Uh, I invite you in this moment to release that and let that go to him. With open hands, God, we let these things go. Let's speak that out loud to him. Now let's invite him to lead us out of any kind of evil and away from any temptation in our life. Invite him to search you and to know you, to open your eyes to the things that are not of him that maybe you don't see as certain kind of evil. What isn't his? What doesn't he want in your life? Because he wants the best. Remember that. It's for the best. He wants only good for you. As you wrap up your time of prayer, we wanna respond now. So we're gonna stand and sing for just, in just a minute. But um, in the back of the room, we have communion set up and just a recognition of how and why this is available to you. This kind of access is available because of the person of Jesus. So when we come together, we wanna to recognize that it was him and we wanna thank him. And one of the ways of worship is when we take communion, what that means is we take the cracker and it, it's meant to represent his body, which is broken for you. It's broken for you so that you could be whole, so that you could receive nourishment. And the cup of juice represents his, his blood, which was poured out for you. It's a promise. It's a guarantee that you are set, stable, set apart forever, never to be finished, never to be done. It's, it's always there. And so in a way of worship, we want to recognize through this sacrament and in the back of the room today is the representation of this. So as you get to the place where you're ready, if you're not ready, pray. If you need prayer, I'm going to stand right here and I want to pray for you. Uh, but as the music starts, we can have our time of response and then we're going to be done today. Move and continue to pray as God has led you to pray.